that certainly didn't go to Gorquad on the left. Amble was so clever, so good. And Murphy is it. What a goal. What a blues. The young and the old together. The ground and there it is. Paulson, McGovern again. Oh, yes. This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front. The Blue Boys. Stopping and dropping. Bits gets in and the table here was Garland. And you can put down the glasses. It's an amigo. It's an amigo for the finish it off. Kick it, Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are on their way to Sydney. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. It's your host Jed Zetzer here alongside Harrison Harmons as... How about that? Yeah, what a bizarre night, really. Really bizarre night. It came out of nowhere. 39 points down, conceded the first seven goals. One of our biggest comebacks of all time, underratedly. Yep. But it was one of those things when after we kicked the first four, after we kicked our first four goals pretty quickly at the end of the second quarter... It never looked like we we're going to lose. For some, oh, just I had agree. That, had that feeling that you could just sense we were going to win the game. I was in. I don't I, know why. I fully expected to win the game going into the second half. Yeah, it was. It was a really because we were just so bad early on. I it, think. I think we are now getting used to the way we play, and it happened against Melbourne. You know, it's happened a couple times last year. I mean, we now have that feeling where we're never out of the game. Yeah, which is a good feeling to have. It's a good feeling. So. When we conceded but, but, the first but, seven, but, but I the, still thought we were a chance. But the inverse is when we're ahead, we always feel like the other exactly. team's still in the game. Exactly. That yeah. is that is correct. So last night we were on the right end of the yeah. stick. Uh, but look, it was a very interesting one. I, You're right. I mean, I don't know why. I just felt like we were still in the game. And honestly, going into the second half, I thought, oh, we're winning this. Like, we'll run over them. And even the first 15 minutes of the last quarter were just so error riddled. Yeah, oh. it, it did feel like... Was it. that the worst 15 minutes of football in terms of quality and skill level? It was hard to watch, but we just always had the out number out the back. We, we, we just always seemed in control, despite yeah, no, those we errors. We, we really did. You know, obviously we dropped, you know, we had Simpson playing, you know, loose. You know, Doherty was playing really well behind the ball. I think Wiedering took 12 marks. As in, so. we absolutely smacked them in the stats. Yep. Smack them. Oh, the inside 50s would have been off the charts after The inside sure. 50s last night were 50 to 34. Yep. Second half would have been ridiculous. Yep. It would have been crazy. You know, 50 more disposals than them. Yeah, we had a lot more contested ball. Yeah, it was it was a domination. We had 30 more marks than them. 30 more marks, all yep. 30 uncontested. Yeah, and in, in, in given it was, I guess, a wet weather game for most parts of it, to have that many uncontested marks and just have that control of possession Correct. is a major, major thing. And so, that's what really sucked the life out of Sydney, that, just it is. that we had so much more of the footy. So I'm looking here, at this stat stands out to me. So we've had 56 tackles, they've had 57, but they've only had six tackles inside 50. We've had 13. Mm. And I think that was the difference. Our pressure inside 50 last night was really good, yeah. but our entries were abysmal. Yeah, no, look, I, I don't know, the entries were a tough one because it was wet, so you almost just, yeah, you no, almost just had to hack it in there at certain times, and if they paid off, they paid off. But I just think the entries just need to be deeper, you know, yeah. rather than, you know, shallow entries that drop to the front of the pack. You know, we want it to be as close 
to, you know, 20 metres out from goal as possible to give ourselves the best opportunity. But here's the thing. When we do that, when we bomb it long and just go yeah. for deep, we then tell them to lower their eyes. Oh, no, no, no. And when then I they s- lower their eyes and we tell them to go deep. When to I act- say get it, it's obviously within reason. But I'm saying, it, I'm more speaking about the fact that when there is, you know, when you're almost condemned to go down the line and kick okay. it to a 50-50, just get it over the back a bit, mm. you know, rather than, you know, letting it drop to the front where yeah. now all of a sudden we're 40 out from goal. You know, yeah. we, need, we need to put ourselves in a little bit more dangerous you know, territory, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. No, I agree. Well, well, it's time now to introduce our special guest on the show this week. You know his voice. You've heard him on the famous Carlton show, Paul Babazza. Baz, welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. <coughs> that is what I've been waiting for all day, Baz. We love it. <laughs> Hello, boys, Paul. Uh, we love it, Baz. We love it. We've been waiting. Bolt, <laughs> Bolt, you can't wipe the smile off his face. I didn't think it was going to come that early, but I'm glad it did. <laughs> I hope I didn't blow your eardrums. No, no. Nah, we love it. We love it. Baz, talk to us last night. Maddie Cottrell, can we start with the celebration? Oh, amazing. Amazing celebration. It, look, I, I like all that stuff. As you guys know a little bit about me, I'm very passionate, so... Anything we can see on the field um, in terms of passion, I'm all for. I'm all for it. Um, you know, he. Oh, I think it's the second time. Is probably the second goal he's kicked at yeah. the club yeah. thus far. And the other time, I think he celebrated pretty, uh, pretty heavily as well. I think uh, his mate got across to him pretty early that night in uh, Tommy DeConin. So, um, look, anything that you can bring to the table in terms of energy-wise, this group needs a bit of energy so I'm all for it yeah, and I think the fact that he bleeds navy blue, you know, he's a oh, Carlton awesome. boy growing up. That's the other point, isn't it? That's, he was a, uh, blue, he's a blue supporter, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah true. And look, a few of them in our club. Yeah, there are, which is always good. But I think with Cottrell, as in, you know, I, I'm not sure if he played the best game I've ever seen, but the no, fact that you... The, no, we'll get to that a little bit later. We on will. <laughs> we will. But the, I guess, you know, all that aside, just speaking about the goal in isolation, for him to... Because he dropped a pretty simple mark, I think, 10 minutes earlier in the forward line. But for him to take that pack mark, go back and kick it with 90 seconds left, as in that oh. speaks volumes of a guy in his, what, fourth game? Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's, it's just... is, isn't he a rookie? Yep, yes, yes. Yep, he is. He was picked up in that mid-year... Nah, he was on the... He was a supplementary pick with Gibbons. Yeah, Him and Gibbons? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Look, it was a moment that... You know, he took upon himself. I mean, like, gee, I mean, <laughs> who did you think was going to take that mark? It was probably, you know, you'd think it might have been a, a Levi or a McGovern or a um, Harry. Yeah. Even, you know, but but Cottrell, where did he pop out from? I the, have like, and, and no even idea. Go for it. I know. No, it was just honest. He took his moment. He took it. We always speak, boys. I think we've missed a lot of clutch go- clutch goals this year. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of blokes have missed a lot of moments and nearly moments, but he took his moment. You know, oh. he almost had a moment, like you said, uh, quite correctly, a few minutes before. But that one, he didn't let escape. No, no doubt. He didn't. And, I, and we listened to Jonathan Brown on, after the game with the commentary, and he was saying he acknowledged he didn't have the best game. But to come out and do that with 90 seconds to go, there's two ways of responding to not having a good game. There's one one way is to drop your head, you know, sook around. You've had an average day. And the other thing to do is just keep yourself in the game until the final siren and take every opportunity 
with both hands, and that's what he did. It's almost like the, the most bizarre player on our list kicked the most bizarre goals in the most bizarre game of the year. Yeah, it was yeah. just oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> well summed up there, uh, Bolt. But uh, I'm not sure, you know, if you boys would remember um, the, uh, the late great uh, John Kennedy. Yeah, uh, one of his mottos was uh, as a coach, don't, do something. Yeah, yeah. Do I think it's something. don't think, do. don't say, don't say, do do yeah. something. Well. You know what? Cottrell probably did nothing for the whole night, but he did something. Well, that what he did actually probably won, it won us the game. Oh, for sure. So you know that you can be you can be having a horror, absolute horror, uh, but you can still end up uh, doing something on the night that you can look back on and say, "Well, Lister did that." Yeah, and I guess the thing with Cottrell is we know he's a goer, so you know I don't, he's not going to shirk a contest or anything like oh, that. No, he's he's, he's going to go in with. You know all of his might and his force. Yeah. So no, it was, I was happy for him, and um, it looked like everyone else enjoyed it. You could almost, I think, when he marked it, I think it was Tom DeConing in the. It was it was either DeConing or Cripps in the background. Almost started laughing when they knew it was him going to have the yeah. deciding shot. Was... <laughs> well, I, I, at that stage, boys, I think it was fifty-one apiece, and I just yep. wanted to hit the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We'd had about seven or eight minutes there that it was. It was like a. A circus yeah, on both sides, really. That yeah. last quarter was painful to watch from from both sides. For sure, you know, really, it was just. But also, I don't know if it was the pressure. I don't know if what it was, but oh boy, oh boy, how many times did you sign that last quarter? And I know, wins, wins this. Oh, just kick a point. Just get I your know. nose in front. I know, and I think, and I said to Jed just beforehand, even you know. No matter how ever riddled that game was, it always felt like we had the upper hand for some reason. It just felt uh, like we were in it? control. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know how you're running it, but if you wanted to start from the first quarter, yep. um, you know, three goals to four points yep. on the scoreboard, you think, gee, you're not doing much right. But you know what? I think we had more inside 50s. Yep. Uh, we obviously had more scoring opportunities. Two got touched right on the line. Yep. And Levi kicks a point. Uh, after the siren in the first quarter, we actually could have had a lead, as bizarre as it might have been. But I actually felt that at quarter time, I wasn't feeling too unhappy at quarter time with the way things were working on the ground. I think Sydney's first two goals came from two contested marks. Yep. Anyone who thinks that they just drive the ball in there and find their men, well, the first two came from just high kicks into the forward line, and they happened to get two marks against one against. Jones won against Wiedering. Um, they both lost their man a little bit. Um, yep. And and um, it was a contested mark. The third goal came from um, a missed tackle. Mark yes. missed the tackle on, I think, uh, was it uh, Florent? Florent, yep. Yeah. So, so it, it looks fantastic for Sydney that, oh, you know, forward entries, um, I don't know, there might have been seven or eight and they've kicked three goals. But they actually didn't pinpoint anyone. Mm. No, I know what you're saying. It was so the two of them were dump kicks, mate, into the yeah. forward line. And I think which we, which we would have done probably out of the fifty entries last night. I'm tip, I'm tip, we've done probably twenty five of them. No, for but sure. We didn't mark any of them? No, no, no I can I completely because I, I a quarter time I wasn't too down. It was just more the way they yeah, the resp- time, not, No, that's right, mate. Yeah, but but yeah, it was that first ten minutes of the second quarter oh, where you started to, yeah. that you started to sort of panic a little bit and think, well now now we've all right third, the first quarter we're down by whatever it is fourteen points that's nothing that's nothing mate you know yeah. and the way we're playing you felt that you know in general play we were still in there no problems 
But when you come out in the first 10 minutes of the second quarter and allow them four unanswered goals, and they did open us up a little bit, that was a little bit more pinpointing stuff. Yep. And I think one of their goals come off a, a stoppage deep into the forward line. I think it was um, Lewis Taylor. Yes. So, and then, you know, they kicked some beautiful goals, McInerney. Um, yes. And they were all nice, running, beautiful goals, um, open forward line. And then you started to think, oh, boy, seven goals, something to nothing. Yeah. We're, we're in big strife here. But you, yeah. you, and you actually touched on the issue just... I think just before the way the manner in which their goals were coming were so open, and I think that's what was really bugging me because you know we just oh, absolutely, had... absolutely bolt in the second quarter. Yes, one hundred percent. First quarter, no. Yep. Second quarter, yes, and that's where you you start to sort of as a coach, as supporters, you start to think this game's slipping away pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. And it was that, that last six or seven minutes sort of sitting there thinking, well, we've got to salvage something here. We've got to get one or two on the board. Well, luckily, we kicked four yep. late goals. Yep. Uh, to bring the margin back to, what, 16 points at half time. Yep, that's exactly. Now, you know, at 16 points at half time, you can say, well, we're lucky to be that close. But at the end of the day, you are that close. So, yep. Well, that's, think- prob- that's probably where it should have been, really. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. If they had to kick seven to nothing, yes, I agree. But then the third quarter comes out total dominance by us. Yeah. Dominant as dominant of quarter we've probably had this year. And what did we score? Two five to one one. Yeah. yeah. Two five to one one, and two on the full, and a couple didn't even make the distance, and another one gets marked on the line. Yeah. Oh, seriously, that quarter there, I think we doubled in possession. I think we doubled in inside 50s. Smacked them in clearances, um, centre clearances. We just peppered the goals. Now, really, that needed to be a five-goal two-quarter, mm. not two-five. Again, it comes to three-quarter time. And what are you guys thinking? We're a goal behind. We've sp- have we spent our pennies? Can we remember the previous two weeks against Collingwood and GWS where we faltered badly in the last quarter? Yeah. Now, I know Sydney aren't. Those kind of sides, but what were you thinking at three quarter time? Honestly, both years. Well, for for me, I was thinking where I, I was still pretty confident we were going to win. I think we went into that final quarter with all the momentum. Uh, that third quarter in particular, Jack Nunes and Tom DeConing, both of them just J- Jack Nunes' third quarter was, was almost he his nine possessions and a clutch goal. It was almost his yeah, best quarter for the quarter. year. Yeah. Well, it was a big quarter, and let me tell you. He needed to come to the park. He did because he did, he wasn't great after halftime against Collingwood and Greater Western Sydney. So he he definitely did. he was massive Nunes, and I think that, Nunes Nunes was probably in our top five last night. I'd say yeah, he was there about. He was thereabouts. I think uh, I thought, and even yeah. Petrevsky Seedon in the in I didn't think Petrevsky Seedon's first half was great, oh, but the wasn't. third the third quarter is when he exploded. And yep. the thing that I loved about Petrevsky and look. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you both. I thought he should have been dropped. There's no. I thought he should same, have been dropped. Same. But I think the the best part about it was his running patterns last night. The fact that he would almost get the one two and then he'd get it back again. He'd kind of you know break the lines through the middle. He'd you know handball it and then he'd get another handball receive back. So it was it was him putting in those second efforts, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because the McInerney goal was the one where I almost lost it because that's when it started on their halfback flank and he was tracking McInerney back and just there was just no the chase was appalling. 
from Petrescu Seaman's end. And I just think that third quarter from Petrescu Seaman, where he actually went back to the basics and became a bit of a weapon off half back, you know, handball receives, and then he was distributing again. Mm. Was, he had nine possessions in the quarter. He was massive after yeah. half time. Yeah. Yeah, was. Look, yeah, absolutely not. I mean, he had the job on uh, Lewis Taylor, and he pretty much followed him everywhere. And when Lewis Taylor was, you know, coming up on into the sort of well up, well up the ground, and he, even into our forward line, Patrice's seat was pretty much following him everywhere. Now, um, that's the sort of game you want to see by him. I mean, yeah. I've, I've said this many, many a time. That can someone tell me where, when he's been beaten in the last twenty or thirty times he's played down back by a little forward, and I don't think he has all that much. But unfortunately, you know what the coaches wanted was a game like last night. We what you get twenty two or whatever, and, and like you said, he he ran, created, you know, hit targets. That's what you want to see from. Yeah that type of player. He can't be wasted down back just being a negating backman. That's not what you want from a, you know from, from someone of his calibre. Um, and look, to be honest with you, I was almost sort of... Because he couldn't bring that sort of a game, I started to think, well, should we play him off a wing? Should we play him off a high half forward pushing in the midfield? Mm. You know, all these sorts of things start going through your mind. But the coach and the coaches... They stuck to their plan. Yeah. They stuck to their plan. And we went back to that normal seven defenders. Um, Paulson was dropped. Yep. Um, so Plowman came in and boy, did he do oh, a job. He was unbelievable. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, that is the starting seven, six, seven. That is the, that's the defensive um, lineup we've gone with for most of the year. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I just think I, I've always been of the opinion that Petrescu Seaton should be playing off the halfback flank. He'd just been terribly out of form. There was no two ways about it. And the coaches would have loved that he, I guess, found that balance between offense and defense last night. And I think, you know, Plowman, I think, you know, the, the inclusion of Plowman almost the structure that it gives the back six or seven again, it's just, it's more coverage for the smaller medium defenders who were beaten up Absolutely, against mate. GWS. It's yeah. invaluable. I know both years, you know, um, kick up for Plowman. I, over the course of the journey, have been a little bit Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde with him. Yeah. Um, but I do see his good stuff. But as, you know, many out there would say, yep, yeah, we see his bad stuff too. But I, I guess his bad stuff, you know, when you're playing deep or, you know, and you make an error, it, most of the time it's going to probably cause a, a scoring opportunity. So, I mean... Therefore, his errors are yes. essentially, uh, you know, they're, they're big errors. Oh, they're high-profile um, errors, yeah. Yeah, a midfielder can have five or six errors and yeah. show up. It doesn't show. I, I actually thought Plowman last night was brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the word flawless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, think, I think he's just having... And, and I look at last year, where he's come third in our BNF... And I don't think his year last year is even comparable to this year. It's not. It's... I, I think he, I think he is. Yeah, I, he's I, almost I, yeah, double I, the I'd, player. I'd almost have to agree with you. I know when we did the Carlton show, we had him about eleventh. I know Jed spoke to you earlier in the week, and I think you had him about well, you know, 13th. I don't think you had him in the top. Yep, yep. And I spoke to a couple other people, and they didn't have him in their top ten. So, uh, but this year, if if you were to just um, we're not doing ratings here, but if you were to just quickly give a, a score out of ten, 
where would you have Plowman? I mean, I know he's had three or four downers, but we've played 15 games. It means he's probably been okay in 10 of them. So would you give him around that 7 out of 10? Well, so I'll, I'll give you two scores. I'll give you the first score across the whole season. I'm going to give him a 7. But if you mm-hmm. take out the first month, I think after that Essendon game, so since the Geelong game, I think he's almost been an, an eight and a half nine since that Geelong yeah, game. He's colours down against Collingwood, I guess. Yeah, so that's so that's his one that's his one game. He's gone, you know, yeah, he's had and, a week and he off. Play last week, so yep, yeah, so he's okay. gone and had a week off, and he's come yeah, back. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, um, you know, for a bloke who's much maligned, um, and you know, there's. You know, we've got 67,000 members out there. I reckon they'd be split half-half, which, you know, do you love him, do you hate him, do you hate him, do you love him? Um, but I see him as an integral part in our, in our defence, oh, believe absolutely. it or not. And, um, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you're right, he sort of, t- you know, he always goes to the, the hardest, the most difficult, mid to small forward. And I think once he did play on Darling uh, against West Coast, he played yep. on Darling for most of the game. And uh, I don't think he let his colours down there either. So, no, look, I, I, I venture to say that you know you had Dale Amos on your on your show a few weeks ago. I don't think he was on there telling you any bull dust. I mean, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a backline coach. He sees his boys. Obviously, he's going to back his boys in. But he's found that right mix of seven. Now, where yeah, the March come? Where the March Bank comes into that? Uh, six or seven, or whether you play March back off a wing, oh, I'm not quite sure. I don't know. I don't know. They'll have a plan for him, um, and that will be interesting when he's well. He's not going to come in this year, but next year will be interesting. Baz, my question to you is, mm. where do you play March back? <sighs> look, look. I, I don't know. Look, a lot depends. Does it depend on Simo? Does he go on or he's not going to go on? I mean, why would you break up that defensive seven if if, if Simo doesn't go on? You know, well, you know, is it Newman? Is it Marchbank? Oh, I know Melbourne have used Tomlinson on the on the wing. That pretty much hasn't worked. Um, oh, look, it's a good question. It's a good question. I know, I know, Marchbank. You know, he's a good intercept mark. Um. So, geez, it is. See, it's well, it's really I tough, isn't can, it? Yeah, it is. It is tough. It is tough. Uh, and then you got Jones, Weedering, Plowman, Marchbank. Can that work with three others? Yeah, it can and work. Williamson. I think it, I think it can still work. I think it can still work. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in answer to that, I think he can still play as the third tall intercept, interceptor because Plowman doesn't play tall. And then you've got Doherty, Newman. Patricia Seaton, Williamson, well, they're going to have to sort that out. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good you know, dilemma to have. Seaton, well, it is, it is. And Patricia Seaton may well come up. That's when maybe Patricia Seaton might come more into the midfield, and only then. Yeah, uh, well, we, well, well, we heard Dale Amos, what he said on the show, and he said that Patricia Seaton, in the future, may play a lot of midfield minutes, but at this point in time... That's his role, but things change, and as you said, Baz. I mean, if Marchbank comes into the team, it probably so right now. Plowman's a bit of a mix, Mister Fixit, isn't he? He sort of plays big or small. Yeah, he, he's a, yeah, he's adjusting. Yeah, he so if yeah, if does. you bring Marchbank in, because well, it's very obvious to me, he just goes to the 
Amos said he goes to the most dangerous forward. Exactly. Not the most dangerous gorilla. He goes to the most dangerous forward. And he well, smacked happily last night. Anymore. It's, it's a sacrificial lamb, mate, because what other defender? You reckon Tommy Williamson, the, yeah, yeah, no worries, I'll, I'll go to so-and-so, I'll go to so-and-so, I'll go to Dugowie, I'll go to, um, you know, Papley, I'll go to Walters. I mean, he's, he's got 100 games up, Plowman, mate, whereas Williamson's got 25. And don't get me wrong, Williamson's, uh, you know what, I can't say on this show what he is, but uh, um, he's, he's certainly got what it takes. Um, but you're not going to rely on Williamson to go to those blokes. So Plowman puts his hands up, says, No, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take one for the team every week. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses. But when he loses, he's not playing on duds, mate. Yeah, I, I just think it's the fact that Plowman's gone back to basics that I think that's the thing that's made his year really good for mine. Um I, and once again, it's guys finding the balance between offense and defense. And even la- last night in the last quarter, Plowman going forward was massive. Oh, it was. It was huge. Plowman, Plowman. Yeah, I can't believe it because after the first few weeks this it was year, a we, nightmare. We, it we, was. We were saying, you know, what do we do? But he's now turned into almost one of our most. Well, not almost. He is one of our most important players. Can we speak about Jacob Wiedering? Oh. Yeah, Jacob Wiedering uh, probably let his colours down a little bit once or twice early in the game. Early he probably but, did. Yeah, but after that... Oh, boy. You know, he, he's just... Um, well, he's got captain written all over him. He does. Him and, him and, him and the other superstar that we've Walsh. got. Yeah. Oh. But, that, but, you know, Wiedering, he just... He's got poise. He doesn't get flustered. I haven't seen him get flustered too many times no. this year. He's got a lot of composure. He's got a good kick. It's those big hips and the big thighs, mate. Have a look at his thighs. Yeah. You know, he doesn't... Well, he did go to ground once last night mm. and played the penalty. You'll yep. learn from that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he is now strong in the upper body, strong through the hips and the legs, and he can take that um, jost- jostling where, you know, he doesn't have to just fly third man up. He can actually uh, interlock with a, with a, with another strong forward and beat them. Uh, he's he's one that thank God we took him and not Shaky. Oh, <laughs> he's a marvel. He's he's the Australian fullback this year. There's no two ways oh, around look, it. You know what I was almost going to say. Um, that's going to be split between three or four of them, isn't it? I mean, who knows? I mean, we would say that because we're obviously you know one eyed. Is it not the year of the defender anyway this year? It I is. mean, have a look at the scores. I mean, which which full? I mean, apart from say Tom Hawkins, um, as a tall and perhaps Papley as a small, you know there aren't too many forwards you know, killing them. But this year is the year of the defender, mate, because oh. the scores have been so low, and and maybe these sixteen minute quarters is helping a defender more than a forward. Oh, I've got no idea, but. Um, yeah, they introduced the six 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 to help scoring. Well, I don't see too much of that anymore. No, I just think with Wiedering, I can't stop looking at the twelve marks, eight intercept possessions. It's just, and I think that's what we've been touching on all year. It's the fact that he's just so reliable going both ways. As in yeah. his, his kicking is elite. He's he's got the. I, I don't know. I as in, and that's where he's probably taken the next step. Because I always thought Michael Jamison was such a good defender, but Jamo wasn't a great distributor with the ball. It was just kind yeah. of kick it up the line, make it someone else's issue. Yeah. Weedering and, and the trouble with 
Jammo, who was probably playing in a pretty ordinary side. Exactly. But Wiedering hits 30-metre darts. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He's, he's, I, I love what he brings to the table, mate. I love it. He's and awesome. the fact that we're talking about him as a potential captain, that just speaks volumes. And a potential All-Australian. Yeah. 50-year uh, in. Um, I, look, I ventured. Look, you know, if he stays a Carlton player, I venture to say, we'll be talking about him in... Uh, seven to ten years' time as one of the all-time superstars of our club. I hope so. I hope so. Absolutely. Baz, let's talk about Teague last night. What do you give him out of ten for last yeah, night? I always find this one difficult. Yeah. I, I, I really find the coaching... Uh, look, look I, okay. Let's let's look at the, the key matchups, right? The key matchups. well, they don't really have a top forward, so... Whoever Jones and Weedon were on, they were always going to probably get the points there. Um, when you look at uh, Plowman on Papley, we all knew that was going to happen, and he, and he absolutely tore him a new one. The other interesting one that I haven't really heard, haven't seen anyone give Ed Kerno any applaudance for absolutely closing down Parker. Right, oh, who dominated? Who he just went? He just went round with him everywhere he went. And Parker, as you know, in stoppage, is pretty much like Cripps, or he can actually dart away from stoppage. Well, he just he nullified his influence on the game, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I didn't think Parker had an influence on the game at all, even when they were flying early in the game. So that particular match up there. Um, he went to the right one, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, Cripps and Kennedy, they probably went to head-to-head. I don't know if the points were shared there or not. I'm not quite sure. Um, and down the other end, I thought, you know, I thought Levi was good. I thought Levi was good. He needed it. Oh, yes. Oh, my word, he did. But I don't know who Dawson and McCartan were sort of playing on up forward. You know, obviously one of them was on... Um, H. H. Um, but I, I thought I thought Levi really really lifted in that second half. He played like a brute in that second half. He was tackling, yeah. he was bowling blokes over. Um, I think he's probably ended up having about three shots at goal. He did drop a few marks, which I was cursing on. But um, you know, when when you look at all the key matchups around the ground, oh, I thought Teague did okay. Oh, look, oh, I'd be giving him. I'd be giving him a seven and a half out of ten, I and mean, we just uh, just got over the line. Let's not forget, you know, Lewis Taylor's had a shot twenty meters or thirty meters out directly in front and missed. So yeah. we did get a little bit lucky there. Um, so we went within a kick of either drawing the match or losing the match. So I, I'm going to give him a seven, seven and a half out of ten. I mean, I, by no means did his charges um, kill the game right throughout the match, but. I think he went in there with a plan and, and, and took a while to warm up, but uh, albeit for about 10 or 15 minutes of the game, I think he, oh, I think he had a reasonable... Oh, I find this one a difficult question at the best of it times, is. but I'll say, I'll say 7.5 out of 10. I don't think it's too generous. I don't think it's too um, bad. But I, I think it's fair. I, I'm going to give him that as well. I wouldn't have given him a 7.5 out of 10, but I think that the way he improvised mid-match to just you know, sort of set the play up a bit differently. We've conceded the first seven goals. Undoubtedly, Teague's changed something. That's not... I mean, obviously, the players turned up, 
you know, and started lifting their intensity and their intent for the, you know, the ball. But Teague's changed something there. The way we set up behind the ball changed when Sydney went seven goals up. So I think he's improvised mid-match and he's ended up taking the four points. So I, I agree with you, Baz. I think 7.5 is probably probably the right score. Well, I got that one. Uh, I got that one right. I fluked that one actually because uh, it was a bit of a question without notice. But <laughs> oh, we love putting you on the spot, Baz. We love yeah, it. Yeah. No. What do you reckon, Bolt? What, uh... oh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm on the same page. I thought, you know, I think he has been getting our matchups pretty good. You know, I think he puts us in a really good spot to win games. Um, for me, I still, I know we speak about it often, but I think there are still a couple of things in the game plan where, and it. And it showed, you know, if you compare the ease of how Sydney's goals came compared to the ease of how Carlson's goals came, it's once it's once again, it's just, I think we let our backline operate in too much space. And and, and and when Teague sent Simpson back to be that spare behind the ball, that was a masterstroke. Well, that, that, I was just going to say, you, you, you took the words out of my mouth, mate. Yeah. That was the difference that I saw, was that once Simo became... Uh, what do you call it? The libero, the the, the sweeper role. Yeah. that's it, mate. He didn't let nothing pass. And by exactly. Golly, by golly, old grandpa, did he go all right last night? He played well, Simpson. And I think as soon as we had that out he's number, a huge year. Uh, he's having a good year. And as soon as we had that out number behind the ball, I think we just look, we, we we looked in control. It, it didn't really look like it was going to go past. But once again, if you're no. going to leave a one on one in so much space, then you're a fifty percent chance of conceding a score. Absolutely, mate. And look, I was going to say, when I said, I want to ask you blokes about the last quarter and what you felt, I honestly sat here thinking, we should get over the top of them. Yeah. I honestly believe that at three-quarter time. But then when you're watching the last quarter unfold, mate, it's painful. It's painful to watch these boys, what they do between the arcs, right? from defence to the forward line, from the arc, in between the arcs of the forward line. It's painful to watch how hard they work, and then it all unfolds because, um, look, maybe Sydney... Look, sometimes we've got to give credit to the opposition sometimes too. I think oh, that absolutely. We forget, we forget we play against an opposition sometimes. I think, <laughs> you know, we, we, we want us to pinpoint passes in our 50 and go shallow, go deep when you have to, and I think we get that wrong. You know, sometimes we go shallow... Uh, into the 50, and we should have gone long. Sometimes we go long, we should have gone shallow. I think um, I think it was Cunningham once went deep when Levi turned his man inside out, and all he had to do is put the 20-metre pass into Levi. He was 35 out, he put out a shot on goal. He went deep, Sydney won it, and they ran it back the other way. They, I don't think they scored a goal out of it, but just finding that balance between going to that forward pocket where you can get a stoppage, you can get a mark... Um, you can you know, run it out of bounds, you can get a crumb, kick a goal. You've got to find that players have got to know at that moment what's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think we get that wrong more often than not. I agree. And I guess we saw the opposite when I think it was deep in the last quarter. Cripps had, I think it was Cottrell, the oh, short option. And I please. think, was it Mackay out the back oh. or Casbolt? Yeah. And he went in the yeah. middle. And that had to that had to be kicked close to goal. Had to be a Sydney Sydney had to be a Sydney opponent. Yeah, no, that's you know, and, and you know, you want your leaders to hit those. Like, he, look, how many times do you watch Cripps smack his hand and, and say the f word, mate? I know. Times. He knows. He, oh. he doesn't even have to be told. 
he doesn't even have to be told, mate. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought um, that watching that last quarter was just it, it was. Yeah, it was painful. It was painful. It you know, was I honestly. <laughs> it was exhausting. It was. It was, and uh, you know, we, we got the, the GWS and the Collingwood one wrong the previous two weeks. At least this week, what I saw in the last quarter, and correct me if I'm wrong, this week I saw something different. Mm. I saw players with the will to win. They wanted to win. They knew what it meant. The other couple of weeks, I don't know if they were got ahead of themselves or they're awestruck or they're waiting for the you know leaders to stand up. This week, I reckon the 18, the 22 who were on the field at the time, I think if you watch it closely, every contest, they were throwing themselves left, right and centre. They were willing themselves to win that game and still... Unfortunately, in the last minute, we almost threw it away. Mm. We didn't throw it away. The umpire almost threw it away. Oh, we know goodness that. me. We know that. It was, it, was, it was horrible. It was horrible. And thank God the footy gods were with us. But, um, well, it would have been a draw, I guess. Well, oh, it would have gone back to the middle and there was about 15 seconds left. So we probably would have got clearance and Harry would have kicked the goal. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Oh, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, thank God he did miss, though. I was going to say. Imagine the uproar. <laughs> Oh, oh, crazy. Uh, honestly, honestly, boys, I got on Twitter, didn't say anything at half time, and boy, I, sorry, just before half time, when we were seven goals down, and the stuff that was coming out of people's um, keyboards was unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff that I, I was reading. Could you imagine what would have oh, come out of their oh. mouths had we have lost that game with an umpiring decision? And it would have been. That is one. Because, look, you, you, you're spot on. At half time, it was almost... I mean, I understand people get caught up in the heat of the moment, but it was almost embarrassing, some of the things yeah, that I was, was reading. Mate. It was it yeah. That's the word. It was almost embarrassing, some of the things yeah, that I was. was reading. It was. I, 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 just yeah, went the, I just went the one-word tweet, painful. That's all I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> painful. Well, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. I think we know. I think... Uh, I started the year with a full set of hair, and I think I'm down to my last strand, but... Uh, I've gone the opposite this year, but I don't think it's going well on me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you need a haircut. <laughs> I, I do, I do. I need, I need the hairdressers open. <laughs> it's funny, Baz, last night we were um, doing the live pregame show and it was a, obviously you can see us and one of the people commented, they said, oh, Harrison looks like he's smoking the devil's lettuce. And you look at him, it's, it's because he's, I mean, he's, he needs a haircut. The, the man needs a haircut. He was laughing. It's, it's very I'm, funny what Carl, gets up to in isolation. Carlson have made me a mess. <laughs> well, mate, uh, boy, boy, it's been, a, it's been a roller coaster this year. I mean, that, it has that, been. Look, that, the, only, the only reason that that was a good win last night is because, you know, you obviously come back from 39 points down. That's any time you come from 30 from a long way back, that's a good win. Mm. But you still come away from that thinking, it's the same things over and over and over again. And we've talked about it a million times about the connection between midfield and forward, forward and midfield. Um, You know, we just don't get it right. And, you know, some, some poor turnovers, um, you know. This this week, you allow someone like Sydney to get almost seven goals in front of you. Mm. Really? 
I mean, if we want to become a final side, and let's be honest, I, we don't. Well, I don't think any of us three think we're going to land in the eight this year. Yeah, well, not this we year. No, it would need a miracle. But, I mean, if you want to be a top eight side next year, you've got to clean a little bit of this stuff up. And, you know, I heard a few people say about, you know, maybe we're just not good enough. Um, you know, we, we've, we're still carrying um, players who aren't good enough. Well, it becomes a very interesting summer then, doesn't it? Or, you know, an interesting November or so with, you know, trades and draft. And and then it becomes an interesting stage of, you know, what's your best 22, 25 or so? Yep. Who you get back on the park? You know, if you want to be a top eight side, you've got to get a little bit of this um, stuff out of your game. You've got to start hitting targets inside 50. You can't, you know, constantly have five, 10, 15 more entries in the 50 and losing matches. So we've got to turn that into a positive. So, look, whether that's bringing in some more talent, um, you know, 25-year-old, you know, good midfielders or whatever whatever they are, forwards, halfbacks, whatever they are, or whether we keep going down the path of, you know, developing our youngsters. And I think this year we've certainly developed a few. I, I see us, I see plenty saying we haven't developed anyone. Oh, well, that's, that's, look, I think it's a bit of both. I think it's a bit of, you've got to bring in some fresh, I guess, fresh blood into the team. We're going to have Charlie and Newman as the big two next year, come back, and Marchbank. So we've got... And and Cruiser as well could come back as well. So you got three or four guys. I'm happy you brought up Cruiser because he's well, un- well, he's understudy last let's, night. Let's let's talk about that in one second. Oh, yeah, let's okay. Fantastic. I've let's, been waiting all. Fantastic. I've been waiting for it. So well, that's what I was going. I was actually going to lead it into that. So yeah. it's a combination of bringing in guys, and then it's also a combination of natural development. So I think Tom DeConing. And Tom Williamson are probably the big two this year from our young crop. And Setterfield. Yeah, and and Setterfield. They're at least showing something. Oh, Setterfield last night was, um, you know, he actually started the ball rolling, I reckon, in the midfield yeah, um, he did. in that second quarter. Uh, and that's one time that oh, God, he gets under he gets under my guard a little bit. Like, um, there's times where I look at him and think, oh, he didn't do much, and he's at 23. But last night, I saw what he did well. I, I, it, it was there for all to see. Oh, I think he was pretty clean last night. I think he was pretty good, actually. Um, I would have thought he might have been in our best six or so. He was brilliant. Uh, but, but but he's coming along, not in leaps and bounds. It's not as if like he's hit the competition running and, oh, have a look at me. I think he's just slowly but surely getting a little bit better each week, which is nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's almost um, what you want. Oh, yeah, well, that's right, that's right. Well, <laughs> mate, we're coming from a long way back, and I know our supporters are waiting for a white knight. Well, to anyone listening, I don't think there's any white knight out there. I think what we need is a list of, of you know, blokes who just go hard at it for 22 rounds, roll the sleeves up, get it done, boys. You know, there's plenty of sides out there with, who are bereft of talent, but they just get it done. Mm. So, you know, we've got to get it done first and then worry about the rest later. But, um, oh, I certainly think uh, Tom DeConning's, you know, definitely been a plus this year. Tom Williamson from two years off, big plus. Setterfield, big plus. Walsh continues. Weedering is just, we're talking about him as an All-Australian. Walsh. I mean, there must be a few others. I mean, there's got to be a few others. Walsh, um, 
there's got to be a few others that you know. Well, you know, well, I, I think the, I the think... fact that Cottrell's getting a game. I know he wasn't good on last night, and he hasn't been unreal, but he's getting a game. So Teak sees something in him. Now, whether it's his running capacity, whether it's his ability, to, you know, to to nullify an opponent, I'm not quite sure. But he's getting a game ahead of others. And and Cottrell's come in. Phil both got a game, didn't they? They did. Two games each. I think it speaks volumes. I think. I I, I think so too. I think so too. And and people just have to understand that when they obviously there's question marks on uh, who are they? Probably Lockie O'Brien and Paddy Dow are probably the two that most people would be scratching their heads with. Well. You know, Paddy's had the knee injury all year and comes in for three games, didn't set the world on fire. You know, he's, he's, he's one wood, as we say, as we say he's, you know, he's burst from stoppage. Well, we didn't really see that in the three games back. And maybe that's what he's gone back to um, learn a bit about. Or he lets his opponent get away from him in the midfield. So, he's he, look, he's an interesting one. Uh, the other one, LOB, well... Lucky O'Brien, he hasn't cracked it in for a game, but I know for a fact he's working on a few aspects of his game. So, you know, he could come out of this double the player, mate. It might be the makings of him not playing him in the seniors and making him really, really work very, very hard for his game. So it's people just have to calm down a little bit. And people who bring up Stocker, yep. let's just say one thing there. Anyone who brings up Stocker, Yep. I don't care who you are, you don't follow Carlton. Yep. Well, you it's... don't follow Carlton if you're bringing up Stocker because he's back in Melbourne with personal reasons. So when people bring up his name in a tweet or like in a conversation, don't even respond. Yeah. Well, because they don't, know, they don't know Carlton. No. Well, you're right. You're right. I, I just quickly want to talk about Paddy Down, Lockie O'Brien because, yep. well, firstly with Lockie O'Brien... I think there is a lot to work with there. He's got, you know, a be- he's a beautiful distributor of the ball. His kick is would be close, you know, to the best in our team. He's got quick pace. He's a running midfielder. So there's something to work with there. And I have no doubt that the next time we see him, he's going to be a much improved version of what we saw last of him. So with O'Brien, I'm not worried. With Paddy Dow, now, Baz, I want to ask you about Diesel's comments, if you saw them during the week, he came out, I'm not going to read out the exact quote, but he essentially told Paddy to pull his finger out and said, you know, you're, you're better than this. Um, you know, he's a tougher player than what he's showing. I think that that's a big comment from the guy who worked very closely with him. I want to ask you what your thoughts are on that comment and if you think it's it's a bit of a push... Whether it was justified, I guess. Well, uh, not even if it was justified, more just so what was the reasoning yeah. behind Diesel saying that? Uh, well, I have commented on it, and I think the view is a little bit uh, 50-50 on what I said, to be honest, because I know he's a, he's a club legend and a premiership player, Brownlow medal winner, and he did work with him last year, I understand that. I did. I do understand that he worked with him last year, but this year he's not. So he got given the flick when COVID came around. Um, services no longer required, whatever it may be. You know, whether it was a money thing, whatever, don't know, have no idea, don't really care. My issue with what uh, Diesel said is 
I think he could have chosen his words a little bit better. When you ask a 20-year-old to man up, play like a man, uh, toughen up, um, you're going to have to work harder to get back into the side, this sort of stuff, on radio for all of us to hear, and you're not at the club? Um, I would prefer, if you've worked with that kid, means you've probably got his phone number, probably means if you want to be a mentor, probably means you should probably be given a call privately, privately, and say what you think. But to get sucked into, um, you know, Lyon and Watson throwing questions at you and you falling in and bringing up the clickbait, um, I'm probably very... I'm in the minority here. I think most people really, really enjoyed what he said. I'm in the minority. I actually didn't like it one little bit. I think I think the point that you've brought up is very valid, and it's and it's and it's right. He should have probably rather called Paddy Dow. He's obviously a mentor of his, and just because he's not working at the club anymore doesn't mean he can't call him and t- and you know say it to his face. So I, I think you're right. The, what I like to take out of that because you know it's done. It's been said, and now it's yep. about how. Yep, Paddy sure. reacts to it, and I'd love well, I'd well, love the coaches. I'll ask you, do yeah. you think that the coaches? You reckon you just get dropped these days, and uh, you drop Paddy? I without someone telling you why, oh. without telling him what he's got to work on. I mean, are we serious? Are we in, are we in two thousand twenty or nineteen forty three here, mate? Well, what are we talking about here? Are we serious? Do we need Diesel to come out on radio and tell Paddy Dow what he has to do? Is that what's come to? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And well, well, therefore, therefore, I think you know Diesel could have said, "Listen, I watched his game the other night. And he was talking about the GWS game, I believe. He was yeah. talking about that particular game. Okay, so he can say whatever he likes about that particular game. But I venture to say that you know when you're coming off a knee, right, and you he might have lost a little bit of spurt, a little bit of pace. Um, I certainly didn't see any of his breakaway stoppage. Obviously, he lost his man. Now, you know. Like I said, he's come off a knee, right? We don't know what is actually happening with that man. We don't know how he's dealing with hard life and all that sort of stuff at the moment. It's a difficult year to judge. This is the other point that I want to make, is that this year is an extremely difficult year to judge people because of what we're experiencing as a society. Now, if he continued on this path, Paddy, next year, if he's still at the club, I've got no idea. But if he's at the club next year and he continues down this path, then it would be of some concern. If he's had a, a really good uh, pre-season and, you know, he continues down this path, well, then I'm sure, 100%, mate. But when someone is not affiliated to the club, just because he's worked with him means nothing, mate. Because, honestly, if he really, really, really was concerned about the kid, he would have run the kid and told him. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. He probably... I think a lot of people are thinking the same thing. I just think someone of that standing didn't need to make it public. I think that's where you're trying to go. Yeah. Oh, that's where I'm going with it. Yeah. You know, I have no issues with, um, you know... I have no issues... We all know his game wasn't great. We all know the three games he's had back haven't been great. Yeah. Jeez, you know, if you if you watch Carlton closely, we know that he didn't bring his best, right? We get yeah. that. And he goes back 
He needs to work damn hard. Of course he needs to work damn hard to get... Every player needs to work hard to get back into that side. And if you do get back into that side, it's because you're doing something right. At the moment, he's doing something wrong. Yep. So, but... you got to toughen up? Play like a man? Mm. Oh, and, and I think Jeez. the point that you've made is right because... Yeah, it's not like we don't know this. I mean, he's been dropped. I mean, we can see that there's obviously something that isn't 100% right. So we can tell. He didn't He didn't need to come out and, you know, make it even more public. So, I, yeah. I, but the problem, he was asked the question. He answered it. He answered it, you know, in, in his way. He answered it, but he could have answered it. Look, people say, oh, Baz, what do you want him to do? Lie? No, just be a little bit more diplomatic. He could have gone on and said, yeah, I did watch the game. And I felt he, you know, he let himself down in some areas and blah blah blah, and so whatever you like. But Diesel's watched the game many, many times, probably more than me. And he could have gone on to say, but guess what? The whole set, the whole side, could have toughened up in the last ten minutes against GWS, and they didn't. Mm. But when you single out a twenty-year-old playing his forty-second game, mm. like he could have turned it back on on online and Watson and said, but. You know, it's not just Paddy. What about the other 21 who played on the day who have played a lot more footy than what Paddy has and, and let themselves down in the last 10 minutes? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a fair point. There's, 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 there's a diplomatic way and there's a way of grabbing a headline and they grabbed the headline and they ran with it. And it's done, it's dusted and you know, people, you know, clobbered me over the head over it. Well, mate, I've got thick skin. You can come at me with whatever you want, mate. Whatever you want. If you want me to put my mobile number over over right now, you can ring me if you like. You can come to my house if you like and we'll sort it out the front. But at the end of the day, I don't care. I stand by what I say. And I understand where kids are today. Kids are... Well, I know they're mollycoddled. I know they're very, very different. Mate, in my era, in my era, you were belittled in front of your peers. You were belittled in front of your whole the whole lot of your side. That wouldn't happen today. No. That no. just doesn't happen. We understand, you know, mental illness and all that sort of stuff. But in my era, I was embarrassed at some of the coaches and what they said to some players. Embarrassed. But mm. we shut up. We never used to say nothing. Ever. Yeah. These yeah. days, it's a little bit more... Um, it's a little bit more sensitive. And I understand that fully. But that, though I'm not sure what that did for anyone. And, you know, I'm not, I'd, I'd like to... Oh, you know... I'm not a journo, but did any journo ask T in the presser? No. Have you seen his presser? No, no journo asked him. I don't think so. I've only I only watched the first couple minutes of it to be honest. Well, he would have loved to. I would have loved to have asked him. Um, have you heard his comments? And, and would you like to write a reply mm. as the coach of that player? Uh, look, they very well may have. I've only I've also only watched the first couple minutes, um, but they they could have. They definitely no, could have. I, I bet you they probably didn't. Yeah, mm. probably not. It's, let's. There's a lot of nuffies out there. <laughs> Baz, let's go with our top three from last night. Who are your top three, and do you have a rating out of ten? Yeah, I do, mate. I thought look, look, Walsh was clearly our uh, best. I think he's. I think he had ten score involvements, yeah. and you know he was enormous. He runs his. You know, I think he ran thirteen something k's again. It's every week. It's every week. You know when you got a bloke busting, he's you know what. As far as I'm concerned, he, he gets nine. That's a nine game for me. Ten yeah. score involvements out of 17 shots at goal. Um, that's a nine to me. Um, oh, it could have even been more, but uh, 
you've got to, you know. No, I'm going with Walshy. Uh, I thought Plowman's job on um, Papley, and Papley's one of the better small forwards in the league. Shut him out of the game, and he only had one shot at goal. Had very little influence. I gave Plowman's game an eight. Mm. Uh, and look, this one's probably a little bit contentious, and people do know that I'm a really big favourite of this fella here, but I honestly thought last night, Simo's game, um, once things got restructured, nothing was getting past him. I think they scored one, two in the, in the second half, and, and they never even looked like it, Sydney. So that one is definitely a contentious one. I know I'm going to give Simo seven, and I think you give blokes like an honourable mentions. How many of them am I allowed to have? Uh, you can you can go through the full team, mate. <laughs> you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the honourable mentions obviously SPS lose best best games of the year, and and probably he was unlucky not to get in front of Simo. But oh, I just you know. Um, yeah, SPS definitely TDK massive, um, lots to work with there. Loved his game. Ed Kerno, like I said, I thought he closed out on uh, Parker really well. Setterfield, I saw him open up a little bit last night, and and, I, and one we haven't spoke about. Oh, Doherty was pretty good. Mm. Yep, yep. And Doherty was good last uh, week not, as well. Not, I hope he's not in your bottom three, but I thought no. Doherty was okay. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I'll quickly go with mine. I think Walsh was, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. He was best on ground, and I don't think he could have done much more. The fact that he was involved in 10 of 17 scoring shots is just, it's crazy. It's its crazy, he, really. He, he just motors around the ground. He reminds me of Zach Merritt a bit. I tell you what, there was one, that's a good call, but there was one moment in that last quarter, and I think it was, he kicked it to Cottrell, didn't he? Or was it Casbolt? Casbolt. So it was yeah, Walsh kicked it to Casbolt. So, but, yeah. but that Walsh kicked to Casbolt. I don't yeah. know if you guys noticed. Walsh was in the back pocket, oh, and right. he's he's motored up the ground, and he was free. So he's he's well, I didn't notice that. He's kept his eye on his opponent because his opponent wasn't far from him. But he's also found himself twenty meters of free space where he's taken a mark, delivered a kick to Levi, which has set up the goal. That's Sam Walsh's goal. Oh, that's that's. Oh yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah. He's a workhorse. Sure. He's, he's, he's just amazing. That, well, I'm going with your your assessment, but um, yeah, that, mate. It's it, look, it's his running capacity, really, that will, will hold him in good stead throughout his whole career. Yep, absolutely. He's yeah, he motors around. My next two, I thought Plowman. I'm gonna I'm gonna copy you, Baz. His game on Papley was brilliant. He couldn't have done any more last night, Plowman. And what I'm starting to notice with him. And I pointed this out a couple of weeks ago. I think it was after the Gold Coast game. Plowman's kicking inboard has mm. become a massive asset. So he's now setting up plays from the back line with his kicking. He's finding players in the right positions. He doesn't make many errors with ball in hand. So he's cleaned up that part of the game. But now what I want to notice about last night is his marking. Because now he's going into packs and taking big marks. So he he's, did clunk a big one so, from third yeah, yeah. So, so you feel he's coming out of his shell a little bit. Yeah. I think that in 2020, Lockie Plowman has improved the two biggest parts of his game that he needed to, and that is his marking, so his aerial presence, and his disposal. And, and, and I think that's turned him into one of our best defenders. And I think, I think a lot of our defenders are looking more comfortable just because they're more comfortable as a group of seven. I think yep. everyone's kind of... Everyone knows their role in well, that Well, there's less chaos coming yeah. out of defence, oh, isn't there? Spot on, Harrow. That, that's the whole thing, mate, is to try to get your six or seven, you know, some continuity, cohesion, all the buzzwords. That's what you want. And once each knows their role, you can, you know, basically bounce off each other, I guess. Yeah. 
That's yeah, you're right. And then my third, I'm going to give it to De Koning. I thought, I thought he set up almost everything for us. I thought his third quarter was fantastic, but his fourth quarter, I oh, think, yeah, monstrous I think he had yeah. six ground ball gets for a ruckman. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask you for a so ruckman. For, yeah, for a ruckman. I think beneath his knees, he's actually not too bad. Oh, mate, he's he's brilliant. He's yeah, yeah. he's almost he's almost got that athleticism about him that not many other ruckmen do. Yeah, yeah he's well, awesome. I think his vertical leap is one of the best in the league. Yeah. I, I I mean, I'd want him at every centre bounce. That, yeah. That's who I want there. I, I don't want yeah. I don't want anyone else there. I want Tacconi. Oh, he's he's brilliant. Yeah, no, he's certainly come on in leaps and bounds. There is one I forgot to mention was uh, as a as a uh, honourable mention was probably Weedering. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did forget him. I think it goes without saying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these days. <laughs> well, isn't it funny? We've mentioned about what three, six, nine. Mentioned about ten players. The skipper doesn't get a mention. Yeah, and he was huge in the second quarter. You mention him. Yeah. You, you, I'll leave him to you, Bolt. Yeah. You mention him because we'd be embarrassed if we don't mention this. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll go... Look, Cripps, you know, I think midway through the second quarter was just absolutely massive. Monstrous. You know, he, how good was his goal as well? Oh. oh. Well, there you go. Cripps nailed a like set shot. Goals. <laughs> I know. But um, my top... Well, well, I think we... You know what? The new set shot at Carl is from wherever you are, you go around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think they're better when they don't have to think. But I... Um, <laughs> you know what? That's a very good point, mate. When they don't think, that's what they score. Exactly. But um, now my, I'm not. I'll keep it short in my top three. Um, for the third time this year, we've whipped out the ten out of ten. Walsh really? is out. Yeah, we've two in a row oh, now. Nice. So yes. Sam Walsh joins the honor roll of 2020 with Sam Doherty in round four and Jacob Wiedering last week. Walsh was incredible. He's just very incredible, nice. Sam Walsh. Yeah. Um, Plowman was enormous last night as well. He shut down Papley and he was really good going the other way. And De Koning was De Koning's last quarter was special. It really yeah. was. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. It's yeah. always good to look at the players who come to the fore in the last quarter, particularly when the game's on the balance. Like who wills you over the line? And uh, you know what? I reckon that might have been the message at three quarter time, just quietly. Yeah, no, gonna, I, he, he wanted to. He wanted to I see which right. one, which players were going to stand up in this last quarter because he, mate. You reckon they didn't know against Collingwood and GWS they let themselves down? No, they they know more than we do, and believe do. and believe me, we know. So they they know, <laughs> <laughs> they they know. We it's funny because sometimes people think that things aren't spoken about within the four walls oh, no, of the club. You, you always think you've come up with something that oh they won't know that at Carlton. Trust me, if yeah. I'm coming up with it. They would have come up with it a month ago. Yeah, exactly. Now, so they know. They know. They, they. It's it's their livelihoods. It's our livelihoods as well. But it's their jobs. They know. They they. Well, it's quite it's quite funny actually. I, I read a few people saying that how well uh, Petrovsky Seaton went last night playing in the midfield. Not sure what game they were watching. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, I saw that as well. He was playing the exact same role. Exact as he'd been same playing. role. He just got the ball. He he just got more involved. <laughs> yep. <laughs> playing the midfield. Oh yep. my god! We... <laughs> he played down back against yeah. um, Lewis Taylor and what, number forty-five. What's his name? Wicks. It? Sam Wicks. Yeah, he played a little bit on him as well. But yeah, he patrolled the back line. But he did push up. But he wasn't pushing up actually as a midfielder. He was still playing uh, a backman's role. Um, Just got more of the ball. Yeah, goodness gracious me! Anyway, 
Um, very quickly, I want to touch on our debutant, Matt Owies. It was yeah. obviously a very dis- encouraging. It's a very it's a very difficult day for a small forward because our entries weren't particularly impressive in the first half, in particular. And to be honest, the conditions didn't really suit him. But I thought I th- I liked his game because I th- thought there were some encouraging signs. He obviously knew that he couldn't get involved in de- as our deepest forward, which is where he was essentially playing. So he took it upon himself to move up the ground, and there were a couple of instances where he laid some pretty decent tackles around the ball on the wings. And and I yeah, thought that was yeah, encouraging yeah, to see. Pressure on, wasn't it? Yep, yep. I thought so he was hard done by. Insight. I want to give you a little, a little insight into him. I know a little bit. I um I know a uh, I know the captain of the Northern Blues okay. really well, really well in uh, Tom Wilson. Sorry to drop a name, but um, Tom wouldn't mind me saying this. But when Owies first got to the club, uh, obviously playing in the reserves footy with Tom. You know, the kid was very raw, very raw. Hadn't played footy for since he was 16. So he hadn't played for four or five years, obviously played basketball and, you know, was new to the game. He was kind of a little bit lost in, in what coaches wanted and structures and systems and probably a little bit different of the game that he played back seven years ago, to be honest. So... They kept it very simple and basically just said, mate, just work on pressure. That's all we want you to do. You know, don't worry about chasing the ball. Don't worry about finding the ball. Just work on pressure. And Tom said, look, by the end of the year, he'd made some really good inroads. Um, you know, he you know he wasn't sure whether Owies would make it as an AFL footballer, but certainly the kid grew into the role and started to understand system structure, what's what's required, what level you've got to go to next to, to be that player that plays football, you know, in the seniors. So, and and the willingness to learn and do the hard yards, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, if you know a little bit about the background, you know, he's obviously got good sporting ability, um, but it takes a bit of time. And I thought, like you, Jed, I, I really thought his game was encouraging. Uh, in, in terms of a pressure role, got his hands on it a little bit, um, and didn't do a hell of a lot wrong. So, at the end of the day, game one, I think he's had five possessions more than Simo in, in Simo's first game. So, yeah. I think Simo got zero 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 yeah. in his first three. So, <laughs> yeah. So, look, you know, it's encouraging, mate. You, you, look, what 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 would we have expected? I'm sure people would have loved him to kick three or four goals. Very rare does that happen. No, it's, and it's especially rare in this in 2020 when there aren't a lot of goals oh, being kicked. Exactly, when goals are a premium. Or was it last night? Eight goals to eight. Was it eight apiece? Yes, yeah, I think it was eight, eight, nine to eight, three. I think yeah. that was the final. I'm not sure. You guys had had this stat more than me, but I think we've only gone over ten goals about once or twice all year. Mm. Wouldn't have happened too often. I think we did against Richmond, the Bulldogs. Yeah, maybe Geelong. <sighs> Maybe not. Yeah. I don't, don't know. don't know, but it's, we don't, we're not a high-scoring side. No, we're no, not. No but, side, but, no side, yeah, we did against no That's what I was going to say. It's not just us. No one in the league is. But yeah, back... Well, that's what I said before. It's a defender's game at the moment. It is. But yeah, back to Owies. I, I wouldn't... I would be pretty disappointed if Owies was dropped, to be honest. It's the easy option. You know, bets in for Owies. It's the easy selection. Uh, it is, but I, I don't... Yeah, well, I, I'd say... Well, Jack Martin won't play with the car. Yeah. 
So I think if Gibbons is available, well, well, I'm not yeah, sure on Gibbons. Let's talk about our changes. So, so obviously Martin's not going to play, and, yeah. and may not play again this year. But he's definitely not playing against Adelaide. That's no, the second calf he's pinged. They won't. They won't play him again. So, no, so, no, no. I reckon they'll put him on ice for the rest of the year. Yeah. So Gibbons comes in for him. You'd assume if he's available. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's, he's he was only managed. So. Okay. Well, Gibbons. Well, he's missed two then. Gibbons. Yeah, he's missed two. Yeah, he's always he's pulled up sore after yeah. Collingwood. Well, oh, sorry. After was it Collingwood or GWS? No, after Collingwood. Well, he obviously he didn't play the. He didn't play the scratch match on Monday against GWS, did he? No. No, so they're giving him a proper rest. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, interesting one. Interesting one that he plays, or do, do they bring in Phil? Give him one more. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, it would have to be probably Gibbons, I'd say. And then you've got Eddie who's going to come in, and, and it probably will be for Oes, but... Cottrell? Well, I... See, Cottrell... See, is it, is it maybe a Kennedy for Cottrell, or... Million to one. See, yeah. see, I think... Me, me, I'll tell you now, million to one Kennedy gets a game next week. Million to one. Really? Why is that? Million to one. Is it just because... Uh, let's, what... just say, let's just say I might have a little bit of intel on him and, and how he performed against GWS on Monday. Fair enough. Okay, so he obviously hasn't had the best game. So, so Kennedy is out of contract at the end of the year. Is this... This is know, my interesting one. If I, I, if I was him, I'd be a little bit itchy feet. I'd be mm. nervous. Yep. I'd be nervous. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, with list sizes presumably being cut even by just a few spots, yep. you've got a question, well, has his I'm time at 40, Carlton... I'm hearing 40 plus two. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard as well. Is for, and yeah, I, I'm, yeah I'm, I'd be very, very itchy if I was uh, Matt Kennedy. Mm. No, it's a fair... And I mean, you've got to ask the question, has, has he done enough at Carlton in his, what's he been, three years? Yep. Has he done enough in his three years to warrant an extension? And I mean... Mate, he's, he's been... Mate, he's, he's played all this wrong. He's played... I know he had the ankle, but he's played all this wrong. He's played like, you wanted me. I didn't need you. Yeah. Type like, of thing, yeah. Sorry. Uh, look, mate, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He's on the big boy and absolute... You know what? Mm. Mm. No, it's interesting. So, so, but my, my one that I'm looking at... Do you maybe take out Cunningham? It's stiff because See, he's only I, I, come I back for well, one he was, game. He was in my. We haven't done our um, bottom three, but he was in my bottom three. He was firmly in mine as well. I, th- I didn't think Cunningham played well at all. I think his disposal was pretty down last night. His entries inside fifty were he was shanking them. I don't no, know I if it was nerves. Him, to be honest, no. I don't know if no, it was this, nerves. This is, this is the query with Connors. He's just in and out, and oh, just I don't. Because let's be honest, we saw in the first half of this year what he's capable of. And he had some really good games. I think he played well yeah, against the Bulldogs. He played well he against Essendon, obviously. He strung some games together. But what we are crying out for is continuity. And that he hasn't yeah. given us that. Well, again, a lot of people remember that game against Essendon, right? And when he played the midfield. But, you know, he's had a calf. Um, do you want a bloke, you know, playing midfield who... Is a little fragile when it comes to those sorts of soft tissue. Um, does he work hard enough? Um, you know, does he go both ways? Mm. I'm not sure about. There's a few questions there. I don't have all the answers, but I'm not quite sure he goes both ways. So, um, you know, when you're playing in the midfield, you've got to be able to, you know, get your own ball. You got to be run, spread, 
go one way, but you're going to be able to go the other way. You're still going to be mindful of, you know, of an opponent. You can't let them off completely off the chain. Um, yeah, so he is an interesting one too. Um, I mean, who do we have to come in? Uh, would we Would we want to see O'Brien? That's the one I think we have oh, to see yeah, in the last two know, weeks. Well, that's right. Well, he is, he is one that is, you know, I, I would imagine he's extremely close to getting a game and uh, I would have no issue with him uh, to get a game. No issues whatsoever. But you might be right. You know, Matt always might have said, listen, you know, the old boy's out. Uh, Bets, we're going to give you a game. We'll have a look at you. Um, but bear in mind that, you know, Bets will probably come straight back in again. Obviously, we're playing Adelaide. Mm. He will be playing bets. That's a pretty obvious one. So, yep. Gibbons is another one. Uh, and, yeah, and maybe O'Brien, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Mate, you know, we had a pretty, you know, it was, it was, you know, some of these boys will be sore. You know, Murph might be sore. Yep. Maybe he needs a rest. Well, no he, did go, he did go down with a bit of an ankle issue yeah, at one I point. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that, but then he ended up, when was that? I think the third quarter. Yeah, it but was he, came, like he 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 didn't, he came back line, on. Yeah. I think it was a yeah, bit I of a call. I don't know how many I don't know how many minutes he had of, of game time, but um, he, yeah, look, well, look, I mean, he could, he could, but geez, you know, Murph, he's as fit as a fiddle. I mean, he just keeps going as well. Oh, he does. You know, when, when you watch these guys and you, and you say, "Oh, he needs a rest," he needs a rest. When you watch him play, you don't really see it. Look, no. I thought early in the match. Cripps was doing it a bit tough, but geez, he worked his way into the game. And he the longer did. the game went, the better he became. And he willed himself. He willed himself at three or four balls late in the game as if to say, no, nah, <clears throat> we're not losing this one. So Murph's played Murph's played 80% game time. So it's, 80%. So that's, yep. that's quite a bit. Baz, just quickly, let's touch on our, our bottom three. A bit of a nudge we like to give them on the show to improve the following week. Do you yeah. want to kick us off? Yeah, definitely Mitch McGovern. I thought he was, yeah. you know, just he just didn't, didn't find it. Um, I think he felt himself. You know, the way I look at it, he was leading up and they're kicking over his head. When he was staying back, they kicked it short. He just didn't seem to be in the right spots. Um, he, he couldn't, to me, he felt like he was that always in between player that just wasn't where the ball was at the time. He couldn't get a feel um, for the game, could he? No, look, I think he's a smart player, but it just didn't unfold for him. So, look, look, you know, on pure percentages, I'd, I'd say that he was definitely in our bottom three. Uh, I touched on Cunners. I didn't think he had a great game by any stretch of the imagination, and I expect a little bit more from him. And the fellow who kicked the winning goal <laughs> didn't have a great game either. So, I mean, I'm gonna, I don't want to dwell on him because he's. he's done what I said, you had to do something, and he did do something, but, you know, I, I didn't think he was great on the night. Yeah, I'm in the same, but they're my bottom three as well. I think it's a pretty clear bottom three, yeah. isn't it? It's, yeah, it's always, I mean, it's always hard picking a bottom three from a win, but I, I think, I think it's, I think you got to do it, you, you can't be, you well, can't sugarcoat, you got to be realistic. And I guess at the end of the day, that could have easily been a loss. Yep, exactly, so, and then it would have been... Sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, maybe you could have put in Oh, well, probably not. I mean, Jack Martin didn't play that the last quarter. Last quarter, of the bit. I, I thought he had a pretty average day, if I'm honest. Yeah, Jack Martin. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't his brilliant best. He was uh, probably wasn't tracking. I don't know. I don't know what his numbers were. 
but he wasn't tracking. But he only again, he only he had might, ten he, last night, Martin. Ten, yeah, in, in three quarters of a game. So, well, look, he might have ended up having another four or five in the last and gets his fifteen. But yeah, I don't. He didn't hit the scoreboard, Jack, did he? They probably didn't no, have a shot at no. goal. Oh, he had a shot at goal and he missed a lot. Um, yep, landed on Levi's head. Yeah, Le- Levi had a strange game. Yeah, strange game. I thought he was big in the second half and last quarter, but God, he dropped a lot of marks. Yeah, I, I, look, I was I was impressed. I thought Levi played well. I, I think there's obviously... He played to his strengths, didn't he? Like, yeah. He, like, he really he imposed his 105 kilos, whatever he is, and he hurt some blokes, mate. He did set, hurt some blokes. Oh, I think, he I, sent Nick Blakey flying. Blakey? Did you did you feel for Blakey late in the yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was, <laughs> Nick Blakey was copying it left, right, and centre. He was just getting absolutely belted around. Yeah, I think... I think with Casbolt, he was a presence for the first time in a few weeks. I yeah, think, you know, I agree. And, then, agree, and that's why he was so important. Just quickly, no, totally Zach yeah. Fisher, just before we let you go, Baz, I want to talk about yeah. Zach Fisher because he was made to earn his spot back in this side. And boy, he is... Is this the best form we've seen of Zach Fisher? Is this um, his best little run since joining the club? Well, well, it's, well, it's certainly a different position. So it's a lot different to how he played under the Bolton era. Um, I think Fisher probably played a little bit more midfield and on yep. the wing. Um, and look, he did have a really... I tell you, there was a year... Obviously, it wasn't last year. What was the year before? Yeah, 2018. Uh, yeah, I reckon, I reckon I had him down as about a 7 out of 10 for the year, or maybe even a touch more. And I, and I looked at his figures in terms of finding the ball from his first year, second, third. They... He incrementally just goes up a little bit each year, but he plateaued, I think, last year mm. a little bit. He plateaued a little bit. Um, now, whether we use him in a different position and he didn't like, I mean, we know for a fact Coach has come out and said he didn't want to play or he wasn't he wasn't too interested in playing small forward, but then quickly realised, uh, I think I better do what the coach says, otherwise I might be finding myself a, another club at the end of the year. Yep. So I think... Um, he turned that around, and look, he certainly brings something. He adds a bit of buzz. He, he's, he just buzzes around. I think he he certainly puts on a tackle, uh, can kick a goal. Um, he also gets up the ground, so he's doing a bit of running. Um, so look, I, I think he's going really, really well. And I guess he's another one that people just think, oh, what is he fourth season in? That you know, he's not one you have to develop, mate. He's exactly who we should be developing. And I think he is developing. So, I agree. So, no, I would agree that um, he's certainly bringing his, well, close to his A-grade game at the moment. I think he's probably got another level to go to just quietly. And Absolutely. In, time, in two or three years' time, he might go through the midfield a little bit. Yeah, well, I think that's the end goal. But, but for a small forward, so he's had 16 last night. That for a small forward to be getting the stats he has, and I know he doesn't play the same role Eddie does. He doesn't sit there all day. He gets a little bit involved up the ground. But at the end of the day, he's part of our forward line. He's getting a lot of the footy. He's got something I notice about Zach Fisher. His chemistry with his teammates, he sells candy. He you know he yes. finds space. He picks the better options. I've you been... Want to tap it along a little bit. Yeah, or, just, he's very clever. Very skillful. Or something. Yeah. Well, that goal he kicked. You know he didn't take possession. Yeah, yeah. He just... Freaking. Yeah. Yep. 
and and that got us going, didn't it? Wow, that just got us going. Yeah, for sure, mate. And well, that was the first. That was the first goal of the game, I think. Yeah, for us it was. Yeah, yeah. No, so, yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm very no, very totally impressed. Yeah, you know he needs to be talked about. Absolutely, I'm not sure we've. Have we just about talked about everyone? I can't even think. I think we have. Yeah. I think we've covered the board. Baz, thank you so much for taking out no your time to join us. We always love having great, you on. Great to have you on for a win this time as yes, well. Yes, well, we knew yeah, we needed to get yeah, you on for a win. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, as, I, as you know, I knew I was coming on. And at seven goals to nil, <laughs> I had the word uh, insipid, poor, mm. pathetic, all lined up. Yep. But then we got the win, and that turned to courage, guts, determination. <laughs> oh, we love it. We love it. Baz, thanks for coming on, and no we'll problem. definitely no look problem. forward to yeah, speaking to you the soon. Enjoy the year, and, uh, and uh, if we meet up again, we do. Otherwise, yeah, have a good couple of more games, and who knows, mate, we've got a probably 10% chance of maybe even playing a final. Who knows? Yep. Anything's possible while it's still mathematically possible. Baz, cheers for coming on, and we no will problem. we will speak to you soon. Thank you very much, Paul Barbaza. There, he's always great value, isn't he, Bolt? No, he's good, very especially after a win. And he's he's he calls the game like it is. He doesn't. There's no rubbish to what he says. It's all he says it how it is. And we'll get to our Twitter questions. First one coming in from Tracy Reed. Any recommendations on waking up feeling drained after that game? I think I aged 50 years. Yeah. This club is going to kill me one day. I'm sure of it. Memberships should come with defibrillators. Honestly, um, it's, it's been... We've been put through the ringer this year, haven't five we? Five of our seven wins by less than seven oh, points. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Jordan Glick says, What's with opposition managing to kill us on the rebound very often? Yep. Far too many occasions we get counter-attacked and our defensive 50 is completely empty with no numbers back there. Is it a structural issue or a game plan issue? Seriously, needs to be addressed. Um, I think it's a game plan issue. I think it's as as you. I mean, you say it every week. We just commit far too many numbers ahead of the ball. Yeah, it's just opposition teams have they just score. Even Freo, who are the most defensive team in the competition, like was scoring in so much more space when we played them. Yeah, yeah, that's no, crazy. And it happened last night. I think two separate occasions. Sydney got on the rebound, and we had zero players inside the defensive half of the ground. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, Stephen Raitman says, if, if lists are being cut and there's only two games left, who do we need to see? Do we need to see Dow, Honey, Philp, or O'Brien again this year? I can't see any. I can't see those three being delisted. I think. I think we all want to see O'Brien just to see where he's at. To yep. be completely honest, yep. I think we've seen obviously Dow the last couple of weeks. I don't have an issue seeing Honey again. I and think Philp, we know. Philp, uh, I think I think it's Kennedy, and we've seen Pulse in the last couple of weeks. I think we need to see Kennedy again before the year's out. Yeah. I don't think we need to see Darcy Lang. You know, do we need to see McCready? I'm not sure. It, it, there's going to be some really interesting, you know, decisions made, though. Yeah. No, it will be. Lachlan Egg says, what does our standing six mids, including wings, in a couple of years when we intend to contend look like? Compare the blokes we have on our list now to fill these spots to the sides contending now. Do we need to recruit? So I think he's essentially taking a deeper look at our midfield and asking who the six are going to be going forward and, you know, do we need to bring anyone in? I think going forward, the safe the safe locks are going to be Cripps, Walsh, Kernow, Setterfield. I think those are the four, the, yep. big, the big four, as you yep. like to call them. And I think... 
Carlton are hoping that those last two spots come out of anyone out of, you know, Fisher, Dow, O'Brien, Philp, Kemp, Stocker, Kennedy. I think two yep. of those need to be filled. The two spots need to be filled by two of those guys. Is, yep. it, is that... Is that fair? No, Maybe fair you can answer. throw that's Jack f- Martin and Gibbons yeah, yeah, in there. Yeah, de- definitely throw Jack and, Martin in there. And then if you're looking at players who we could potentially recruit, well, Zach Williams has been well documented that we are, you well, know... If you add those four you mentioned, plus Martin and Williams, you're ready yeah. pretty well. And I mean, Papley as well, if we can land him, could play a little bit of midfield time. So there's options there. Josh Frazina says, a sequence of seven unanswered goals last night. It's a bad habit. Why do the adjustments in-game take so long? Is it coaching, on-field, leadership, players, skills, or other? Well, the leadership definitely stood up last. Like, Cripps was just mega, and obviously oh, Walsh was. Yeah. Oh, I think, obviously, he came around to the party a bit later on, Teague, throwing an extra behind the ball. But I yeah. think he could only afford to do that once we did wrestle control back in the game, which we obviously did with four quick goals mm. at the end of the second quarter. Yeah. For sure. Matty B says, G'day, gents. I said it last night, but the amount of anxiety this club gives me is ridiculous. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat, Matty. Uh, Honestly. Thoughts on what we do with McGovern at season's end, and do you think Sam Walsh can make the AA this year? I just want to quickly say, McGovern, uh, we heard Jared this morning on SEN say, you know, he's out of contract, which... We weren't... I wasn't aware of I would have thought he'd signed for more than two years. There must have been an initial two-year contract with probably, you know, a trigger to, you know, go into a third or a fourth because he's on pretty good money. triggered it, you'd assume? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's interesting because it was Sam Edmund and Jared Whiteley speaking on SEN just about whether, you know, McGovern might be the one offloaded. I'm unapologetically a McGovern fan. I know he, you know, let his colours down last night, but I think, you know, I I still think he's important going forward for us. Yeah, and you've been majorly on him, haven't you? And what he he offers up the ground, particularly. Yeah, I'd like to see him at Carlton. I I think, wait, wait a year. You know, wait until we're contending. Because when Adelaide were contending, that's when he played his best footy. He was massive for him. So I think we need to wait. And I d- would be absolutely devastated, really, if we offloaded McGovern. Yeah, I, I can't see that. I can't be see be a silly that. move. You've brought him in for two years on 700k a year. I, and no. then you, you're cashing out before you've even... Exactly. No, there's no way they will. And I think in terms of Walsh, he's definitely going to be on the fringes of the All-Australian squad. Yes, I think if yes. McCluggage made it last year as that genuine winger type in the squad, I think there's no reason Walsh can't. Yep, yep. 100% agree. Jonah Wise says, thoughts on how our opposition has been scoring the past month? Feel like we've been doing all the hard work keeping it in our forward half, but lack of conversion and turnovers means they get easy scores out the back. I think he's spot on, really. Yeah. Cause, no, it is. that's what's happening. It's, it, it is still very much a systematic thing. And that's something that a couple of people have, you know, spoken about. So it's definitely been picked up. Pete Rogers says, I could listen to the intro for this po- <laughs> for this podcast over and over. Makes you walk it is taller good. It with is the good. chest pumped out, spine tingling. Love it. Cheers, Pete. We we love the feedback, and yeah, it's a it's a great intro, isn't it? Just mm, it is good. It's it's yeah. Wilson says, Oe's game looks to lack speed and agility required for the top level. Thoughts? Um, hard to know. It's very harsh after one game. I'm I'm still a fan of him. I think it takes I think it takes a good player to do what he's done in his two years in the VFL. He's been two years or three? I think it's I think two. two, yeah. So he's only been in the system for two years. He hadn't played footy for five years prior, as Baz mentioned earlier, coming from a basketball background. So I think he's come along very quickly, and I I'm a, I still want to see more of him, to be honest. Yep. Because we don't have anyone else on the list who's just a pure, pure small like he is. Yeah. He's your old school small forward, isn't yeah. he? 
the next one coming in from Lutch, he says, would Gov be worth trying in the guts? Need to get him involved more. I wouldn't have thought. I don't think he's got the tank yeah, for it. Yeah, I don't think so. Scooter says, I have my players, but who do you think are the players at the crossroads and perhaps the end of their career at Carlton? And who will be used as potential trades targets to assist in getting the plays we're targeting come trade time? Well, in terms of the plays that will assist us in getting big fish, I've always said it, it's going to come out of one of the three of Marchbank, Petrescu, Seed and Dow. We've seen Marchbank signed for two years last week. So look, I know Petrescu, Seed and played well last night, but I still think he is at a crossroads. I think one game's great. And, you know, credit where credit's due, he was magnificent, but, you know, he still had an underwhelming season. Um, so I just think, you know... It's probably going to come out of one of those guys, I think, are the, the moving parts. And, Scooter, we, we addressed all of this and much more in our mid-season list analysis episode. So go back and listen to that. We spoke about pretty much everyone on our list and who could be used you know, as potential trade bait. We spoke about over 25 potential trade targets. So we covered it all, mid-season list analysis episode. Check it out. One comes through from SK here. Can I watch a game from the beginning to end and know we will win? Just once, guys. Give me that level of certainty. Nope. (laughs) Doesn't happen here, does it? Uh, Joe says, biggest realization for mine is that Walsh loves the center square and Jacob is now Mr. Reliable down back. I have to agree. Knowing that these two lads are leading the club for years to come is very, very reassuring. No questions. Just keep up the great work. Cheers, Joe. We, We love that and some really... Good points. And those made. two will probably be in the top two in the Carlton Best and Ferris this year, or they'll, or they'll be on the podium. With Kerno, yep. I'd say. Yep. 12th Man in Oz says, Did that win and our other four close wins just put paper over the crack? Well, we, we remain heavily reliant on a few mostly older players and struggle so badly with our forward 50 entries. It's just hard to watch. I actually, tw- that's exactly what I tweeted at half time. Um, I, all I tweeted was. Um, Paper over cracks. That's literally what I tweeted. So you think that is the case? Well, I, I just thought that... Because I still didn't think we were great last night. There's still a lot of deficiencies. So I think winning, obviously, you know, um, shifts our attention away from the faults. But I think, you know, the fact that we can still, you know, play, you know, how we want to play and get a win is just massive for the group developing. Absolutely. A lot of questions have come through about Mitch McGovern. Obviously, disappointing fortnight, really, for McGovern. Well, not fortnight, two games. But, yeah, I mean... We'll see what happens. There's obviously still two weeks to go in the season, so there's time for him to turn around. But yeah, I I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too concerned about McGovern. I know he has hasn't had the best two games, but we know what he's capable of, and I think going forward he's one that we can rely on. Tim D. Phillips says, Did you guys think Casbolt played angry last night? Loved his game comparatively to the past few weeks, crunching blokes as he should. Yeah. Yeah. He was brilliant, Casbolt. Yeah, bloody awesome. Uh, Pete Rogers is DeConning's form stamping Cruz's retirement papers. I think... Oh, I hate to say it. Oh, but I, it'd be, I hate it as well. Because I love Cruiser, but mm, Cruiser would know. DeConning has to just keep playing. Yeah, look, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I did put a tweet out midweek saying that I've heard both Cruz and Simpson won't be offered a contract next year. That is what I've heard. I mean, it's, it's providing list sizes are going to be cut... I don't know what's going to happen there. I think that if the list sizes don't change for 2021, that I think at least one of them will be offered a contract. But all I've heard is they're anticipating list sizes will be cut. And if that's the case, then both of them I'd love him to hang probably around. won't be offered a contract. But yeah, I'd love it as well. I'd love it as well. Blue Baggers, thanks for putting all the questions through. We'll be back next week 
to do it all again, Bolt. We're still alive. We're just, still alive, just, just. We're hanging in there. We've got the Crows this week. We just have to They're win. in good form, mind you. Yeah, they are. They're playing well, Adelaide. Yeah. You know, their, their forward line actually was really dangerous with Himmelberg, Stengel, and McAdam last night. Yeah. So, we, we just got to... Get the win. Yep. And you never know. You never know. Blue Baggers, have a great week. Head up high. We've got the win. It's a big comeback for another week. Go Blues. Blues.